Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh, and for the last episode of 2019, we have some very special guests. Um, if, if you've noticed, this entire month has basically been Dragon Prince themed. Um, we planned it that way. It was no, not by accident, and not because everyone agreed to interviews in the month of December. Nope, it was planned months and months in advance. Some would say years in advance. They would be wrong. But uh, we have some of the wonderful people from Bardell uh, here to talk about the Dragon Prince. So first off, um, and again, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher names. So just just get ready for that. Um, we have Villas Sponsper, uh, who is the supervising director for the Dragon Prince. Carlisle, hey. Will oh sorry. Uh, yeah, That's I right. Gonna, I was going to introduce you all, but yeah, making it this sounds better. So, we'll, uh, so uh, Vilas, let's just talk for about twenty minutes, and then we'll let the other two in. How about that? Oh, that's perfect. That's pretty yes. much it. Yeah, sums up the whole production of the show. Give us out. We also have uh, Carlisle Wilson, uh, one of the animation directors on the Dragon Prince. Hello, hello. And Maru Salim, uh, also one of the animation directors from the Dragon Prince. Hello. So how is so? First off, let's just go ahead and uh, we've got Carla Maru. You guys are in Vancouver. Yep. And Villas, you are in Denmark. Yeah, but uh, I spent a lot of time in beautiful Vancouver as well. Beautiful Vancouver. Yeah, I, I, I'm ready to go to Vancouver. Like I've got I've got the passport ready. It doesn't have any stamps in it yet. So it's one of those. I'm like, Canada seems nice. <laughs> and it's Vancouver, nice thankfully, same time zone. Don't have to worry about any time zone changes, anything like that. Yeah, just bring your boots. <laughs> boots and a coat, yeah. <laughs> see, well, see, I came from Oklahoma, so if like that's like in the middle of the U.S. So I mean, it does get kind of chilly. We actually have seasons uh, in winter, and then I moved to California, where it's just sun. And uh, Californians' uh, idea of cold is uh, 50 degrees. And I'm like, that's not cold. That's nothing. <laughs> that is... Uh, that's about uh, probably around... If, if my conversion is correct, I want to say around 13, 13 to 15 degrees. That's like in the summer. Yeah. yeah, right? It's not bad at all. It's very nice weather. Like, I would take that all year long. Yeah. Vancouver is beautiful. Like, uh, I think just blue sky. Like, you guys have the, you know, the four seasons. But also, even if it's cold, it's always like crisp and delicious. In Man, in Denmark, it's just gray and and rainy. Yeah, and the mountains and the nature. It's so beautiful. Oh yeah, it's oh, like yeah. a tourist commercial here. Is that the podcast? The podcast for uh, Vancouver tourism. Which yeah. 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 Job animation, you know, travel to. Uh, Yes, travel beautiful to beautiful Vancouver. Vancouver. It's yeah, located in it. Western Canada. That's how it's pronounced, yeah, you'd be, right? You'll be inside in a dark room, animating. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how it works. Oh man! It's the dream. Uh, so uh, let's just kind of let's kind of go into it. So first off, um, we're we're gonna go around the room. Um, let's start with uh, picking a name out of a hat. Let's start with Maru. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. About myself? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, 
Um, I know, it's, very, it's a very hard question, someone putting you on the spot this early in the morning. Yeah, like, no, hey, who's you? It's good. It's, it's, it's me. I'm a, a boy who was born in the 70s in Finland. Uh, I'm a half-breeder, so I'm uh, half Iraqi, half Finnish. Um, hope, hope to be Canadian one of these days. Um, I've always loved animation. If we're talking about animation, I started from the ripe age of six. Uh, I had these Star Wars toys that I wanted to move for some odd reason. I think it was the East um, European. At that time, there was still the wall in between. So we, we were getting all these beautiful uh, uh, animated stop motion from the Eastern Europe, like Poland and Czechs and uh, Czechoslovakia, I think, was at that point, and uh, Russia. And it was all stop motion, so I wanted to do some stop motion. And my dad got this 8 millimeter, and we started uh, shooting some animation already then. Um, uh, and then after that, I've lived all around the world, um, uh, in England, uh, uh, some Arab nations, Africa, uh, America, where I studied. I studied England as well. But anyways, um, went back home, realized there's... Very little animation, did a lot of animation there as much as I could, but it just wasn't enough. And then luckily through Rovio, Angry Birds, I ended up in Canada, in Vancouver, with two beautiful daughters and uh, a beautiful wife, all Finnish, uh, except the girls now want to be Canadian. So we're probably going to stay here a little bit longer and then landed in Bardell uh, finally for Dragon Prince. Uh, I had worked with Bardell uh, on another show a little bit previously. It was uh, Angry Birds Blues. Um, but then Dragon Prince was, I just fell in love with it. I came in, I talked to V-Lads with Silent D, and then Josh, who was the producer, and they showed me this little clip uh, that Carlisle had done for Rayla, who was kind of jumping around doing these cool things and it was on twos or or even threes i remember that i was uh, i fell in love with it I, a little looser back then yeah but i i really loved the whole key pose post to pose really focusing on the strong key posing um with a japanese twist like this anime twist to the actions and the movement and i kind of just started talking about it and uh, didn't even realize that i was interviewed by Vilas and Josh, but uh, luckily they liked what I had to say and started working on it. So now I'm here. Nice. And uh, Vilas, uh, what about you? <laughs> well, I'll try. Um, yeah, well, I'm Danish. Uh, so I started in doing commercials and um, computer games uh, right after high school in Australia in Sydney. I lived there for a few years. Uh, went to London to work in the advertising industry, doing commercials for Adidas uh, primarily, and then worked in a game company in Copenhagen. Uh, and then I got the chance to go and work at a Lego uh, toy company uh, to do commercials. And I started writing TV shows and new kind of like blue sky product lines at Lego, uh, could basically come up with new universes. Um, and after six and a half years at Lego. Um, I had the had the call from back then the creative director of uh, Badal Florian and uh, he asked me if I if I wanted to come and, and do uh, direct the show there. And um, 
pretty quickly I got set up with the guys in down in LA and they pitched me the the Dragon Prince and I think they were pretty unsure about getting this kind of strange Danish guy to to lead this big operation uh, but luckily but they'll kind of you know they they had kind of seen or at least they trusted my <laughs> my management skills because at the end of the day like uh, supervising director is very much about running around with an oil can, gearing, you know, make sure all the gears are turning and the coffee machine works and Maru and Kala don't kill each other. So, you know, it's a little bit of that, you know, and I'm, you know, coming from, you know, becoming like Lego where you have a lot of stakeholders. I kind of, you know, I had my teeth kind of sharpened there. At the same time, I was pretty ready to take on a bigger, a bigger role. Um, and since we had 200 people on the show, it was a pretty big role. So I agreed to do that, and they luckily picked me. Uh, so yeah, and then been doing it ever since. Nice. And uh, oh, sorry. Uh, and uh, finally, Carlisle. Let's uh, let's go deep dive. What, what, what was little Carlisle like growing up? We're going deep, huh? We got time. For <laughs> I'm just gonna get a couple uh, of comments, guys. I'll see you in uh, 25 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I grew up in Maple Ridge, which is about an hour outside of Vancouver. Um, and I mean, I, I've been drawing since I could physically do it. Uh, I've been playing with action figures. That was kind of the two things I, I was really interested in when I was a kid. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of went through high school. You know, art was always the thing I was that I was the art person um, in, you know, in the high school kind of roster of people. There's a few of those. So I was one of those people. Um, and then I think I got uh, later in high school, near the end of high school, I started to kind of see uh, animation started to become, you know, hey, maybe this is something that uh, that I could do with this art that I've just been uh, doing for all my life. Um, and then. Yeah, I went to look at some schools. I didn't get into a school for the first year, so I did some training, um, figure out how to get into the school that I wanted to get into. Uh, and then I did that. I went to Capilano uh, University for three years doing animation there. And that was awesome. I got to learn animation doing on paper, so like flipping paper and drawing it. Um, they don't, I don't even think they do that anymore. It's all digital. Um, but so I'm really happy I got to learn animation that way. That was really cool. And then, yeah, through school, I kind of, you know, animation became very clear. That's what I was really interested in. Um, and then from there, finished school, and I got a job at uh, on My Little Pony, season one. That was my first job, uh, doing layout, so setting up the scenes and doing the key poses, things like that. And then after that, I got a job here at Bardell on a show called Planet Sheen. That's like a spinoff of Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron one, yeah. His, uh, his voice is a lot more shrill. Um, but that was a fun show. That was my first job at Bardell. And then I went back to My Little Pony Season 2, did that. And then I got the call to work on Ninja Turtles. So Bardell got, um, got to do some of the work on Ninja Turtles. And so I got on on that on Season 1, and that was crazy. I mean, you know, Turtles was one of the action figures that I was consumed by as a kid. So that was uh, that was really exciting to get on that. And then I was on that for all five seasons of the show. And by the end of my time at Bardell, I was, uh, I moved up to be one of the episodic directors on season five. So Bardell has been really 
supportive of my growth throughout my years here. And, um, and so that kind of set me up to be kind of ready for the Dragon Prince. I don't know if I was ready, but I was hungry for it. Um, and so the Dragon Prince was kind of the next thing Bardell had going, and I was really eyeing up that. So I managed to get in on that, impress Vilas, uh, and he liked me, so they let me on. And then, yeah, a few months later, Maru came on, and and then we did it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> nice. Um, what type? Like, were there any uh, animators or uh, you know someone in the industry that you guys um, kind of looked up to while you were uh, going on your like through your career, um, like through school and everything? You're like, you know what? I really like uh, this work or um, this type of animation style. Uh, these. This is someone that I look up to. That's a horrible question, by the way. It was rambly, and so basically, uh, the question was, um, what animators inspire you? Uh, well, for me, there's, there's depends on the time, and it's there's always been uh, different ones, but um, and also, it's it's not so much just animators; it's also directors or layout artists or anything, but. I think for me, like pro progression was the Eastern European animation, and then R Ralph Bakshi was someone that I fell in love with very early. Um, he did the Lord of the Rings, um, the the animated version. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was seventy seven or seventy eight when that was done. That was one, and then um, obviously we're all gonna say the Nine Old Men from Disney. Um, uh, I'm horrible names, so I'm not going to name him. Uh, Milt Carl, that's one name that I can always remember from that bunch. Um, that was obviously their work is beautiful, uh, and also because they they kind of had to invent all of it. So that was for me the first time I kind of put pen on paper for animation, and then I saw stuff move magically using the Bible. Uh, uh, which was what do you call the the, the Disney one? The Illusion, of, Illusion life. of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then kind of like just seeing the beauty of the movement and realizing like these guys did not have anything to look at and they still invented it. That was amazing. That was very magical uh, for me. And then then I uh, played this game Dragon's Lair at one point, which was Don Bluth. Mm -hmm. I animated it, and I, I fell in love with that motion. Uh, so obviously, I, I went for the 2D. Uh, and in the 90s, when I went to the 2D, it was still... Pixar just came up with the first uh, Toy Story. So there was an argument of 2D, 3D at that time. Like, And I was still going for the old school. So uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of that. And then, obviously, from that, the natural progression for me was the Miyazaki's and the animation of... Uh, like Jet, like Asia, Asian animation. Um, so, but yeah, there's a lot of names there. I'm gonna leave some names out so that you guys can name some. <laughs> name dropping, absolutely everybody. <laughs> hire, please hire me for the next one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can take over then because my list will probably be a little shorter uh, because uh, you know I I come from a bit more of a writing directorial standpoint. I'm not an animator, so for me, you know, in animation, I think. Uh, Glenn Keane, of course, is like the the easy go to, but more story driven. I think Brad Bird has always just had like such a 
such a character-driven approach and, you know, s keep it simple, but, you know, with so much heart and twist. And that's really, I think, I think Brad's word really got me into animation uh, more so than, you know, live action or, and that, you know, and really, you know, the things that Toy Story did with the medium back when that came out in terms of CG, because before Dragon Prince, I think Maru worked a lot in 2D, but I, I also did a 2D show uh, with Studio Mir on Netflix before I did Dragon Prince. So I kind of came into Dragon Prince with this kind of fresh 2D, really old school 2D approach in my head. And when we then had to do uh, Dragon Prince was a complete like hybrid where we mix so many different styles. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we I think I had to sit back and looked at a lot of like the animation that inspired me as a kid. Um, and again, like it's the classics, uh, Western animation for me. I mean, for me, like currently, especially working, um, the people we work with are definitely a big, uh, you know, on the day to day. Um, I, I wouldn't underestimate how much the people that we work with inspire us to kind of keep going, especially on the days where it's, it's, you know, difficult. Um, but I mean, yeah, like Vila said, there's there's the um, the fan favorites, Glenn Keane, like Eric Goldberg, and Chuck Jones, and Tex Avery. Those are some of the classic. Uh, even go through animation school, like learning about those, um, all all the uh, you know crazy stuff those guys were doing. But I mean, I, I'm such a simpleton when it comes to like knowing rock stars in animation. Uh, I went to the a um, James Baxter's um, animation workshop. I didn't really know who he was. Like, I feel ashamed saying that. The animation people listen to it, they'll be like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, that, I, I just, uh, I, you know, yeah, I just kind of don't pay attention to that stuff as much. But seeing his, his uh, workshop, I don't know, it was so inspiring. Seeing him animate, uh, like, straight ahead just making something up and then he played it at the end and it was like flawless. It was so insane just to see, watch someone, someone do that. And then like afterwards I, I asked him like, Hey, have you seen our show? <laughs> have you seen the dragon Prince? And uh, yeah, I think if I actually knew like, you know, the, the legend that he is, I probably wouldn't have asked him that, but uh, so yeah, or you would have asked them, but like way cooler, just kind of like saunter up and be like, "Hey, so I got the dragon," you know? Yeah, I felt like a twelve-year-old, just like, "Hey, have you seen our little show?" Well, the thing is that he'll come and ask you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Like to me, the show it was it was such a love letter for two D animation and like three D. But but the like the heart of it was what was so good about two D and the strength of two D, and that's kind of. Maybe why I felt like, hey, maybe he would see what we're trying to do here. <laughs> kind of see through the, uh, you know, what what uh, what we're challenged by. But, um, yeah. And that was season one, too. So the show's grown quite a bit since then. But. Yeah. Well, um, and that's uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about here in just a sec. Um, uh, before we go into that, though, we do, we do have the fun, the fan favorite questions that everybody always likes to asks, uh, ask. Ask. Um, I can't talk guys. It's, it's hard talking, talking for a living is hard. I don't know if you guys know that it's, it, it's very difficult. 
Um, it's basically, I think that's basically what animation directors do. Yeah, yeah. we try to talk our ways to to good animation. And the animation laying on a laying on a couch with a cup of coffee, just trying to explain to some you know poor animator what you're thinking. Yeah. Look at the beautiful work that all the others are doing. Yeah, exactly. Just take the credit for you know the great artists. Well, hopefully, we don't take the credit. Uh, so, uh, so the so it's kind of a two part question, but. Um, so, what are your favorite animated shows, and what's your favorite animated film? Ooh. Yeah, talk about putting you guys on the spot. Now you got to go through everything that you've seen. And be like, hmm. the more annoying thing is probably that that's one of our go-to questions as well. <laughs> well I can I can just jump in and say because it's pretty obvious because I always walk around with an Iron Giant T-shirt on, <laughs> look like I belong in the animation world. So. That's my favorite for sure. Yeah, Iron Giant, man. That was a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> lines up with the Brad Bird. Yeah, yeah lines up with the Brad He's like, hey, Brad, give me a call. I as well, because it, it's really good for 2D and 3D. And <laughs> till today. Yeah. A true hybrid, yeah, true hybrid. B-Lads, I talked to the director when he worked that movie. and I was yeah. still in, in college, though in san francisco and i yeah that was the first time i kind of just went like i'm not worthy i'm not <laughs> even gonna apply <laughs> but yeah shit up maybe <laughs> i'd say for me uh i there's so many to choose from but uh nightmare before christmas has got to be up there for me it kind of checks all the boxes i mean it's a it's stop motion um it's a musical and then, like, the story is uh, so just unique. And then, like, the combo of, of the, the style. And I don't know, it's just such a wonderful movie in so many different ways. Um, and, yeah. Okay, can, can we have, like, like this, all the three are all of ours? Is that okay? <laughs> uh, that's totally fine, yeah. Talk amongst Good. yourselves. Yeah, that's I've good because day, then, so, yeah. then I can actually have one more. That's easy because then I can say, well, it's still not easy. I got three, but they're all from the same director. So I'm just going to go with Princess Mononoke maybe. Uh, and it's just the style. I, I love Miyazaki's animation, the, the purity in the movement and uh, how close it still is to realism. And the stories are always done for uh, as a good story. It doesn't really... Like I, I think there's there's a book of uh, Miyazaki how he describes working on. Um, I think it was for Totoro though, but he he was uh, asked that who was he thinking about when he made that movie, and he described it was for a 45 year old uh, male uh, smoking a cigarette uh, while riding uh, the the underground. Something like that, which is kind of, if you think about Totoro, it's, it's something, it's, it's like a, a lot of kids love it. It has a lot of that in it. And then he's talking about a middle-aged man, which was kind of, he was describing himself, basically, at that time. So I I, I like that. He really just wants to do good it, it, It's funny, Rui. He also, the other day, he, I just read like an article, and he actually, because it's you know, interesting kids, uh, like writing for kids' shows and stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of people have opinions on you know how much kids can take in, and but he said you know some of his movies are 
uh, so abstract and people don't get it. But he was like, well, it doesn't matter because the kids will. The kid, you know, kids can understand the ab- abstract level of Miyazaki movies and they're made for kids. And in the Western world, I think, you know, we just, you know, we're still like, we're so scared of like adding that kind of complexity to the stories because, oh, you know, they're for kids. But I think he's totally right. You know, I think you can just push it much further than, you know, than what, what we've seen at least uh, from American, North American movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think there's, I think you're very right about the Western, and the, the, there's, there's, there's a lot more of like a little bit of honesty in it, at least. For yeah. me. It doesn't mm-hmm. treat kids like they're kids, and yeah. it like invites them to think at a different level, or like ask questions at a different yeah. level that they might comprehend, or maybe they get scared more than they might want to be. But I think there's levels of that that's good for kids. It doesn't. Talk down to them, right? You know, it's kind of like it challenge challenges the kids. Yeah, and it doesn't down. Yeah, and it's like the mood as well. The, the whole structure of, uh, for example, most of these movies have like female, young female characters, which till today here in, in the Western world seems to be very hard because everything's kind of designed for one or the other. It's not yeah. like I, I have a main cast and then. It's it's a good story for uh, the protagonist, and that's it. You don't really you don't have to describe is it a male or a female. It's just it's it's a good uh, honest casting for a protagonist, which I, I admire, and hopefully uh, we can do. And I think Dragon Prince kind of had a little bit of that. That's kind of oh, what yeah. I <laughs> about it because it wasn't. And we never like in our meetings, we never really differentiated it by uh, gender. We, we never talked about anything like that. We just, they were characters in our stories. And I, and I like that about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, and that's great to see, you know, because I mean, as someone who grew, grew up in the 90s, um, like watching a lot of stuff, especially uh, coming from America, um, it's a lot of like, oh, this shows for boys, this shows for girls. There's not a lot of that crossover. Whereas in you know a lot of you know uh, Japanese animation and uh, European animation, there's a, there's not as much of that. It's just like, oh yeah, these are your, these are all the characters, and they all kind of get together. Um, I, and I do like that you know in a show like Dragon Prince, um, like what you guys were talking about, you don't really see like, oh, this is the main characters. Like, no, these are the characters. There's no, like, you know, boy character who's like, this is boy character boy, and this is girl character girl. It's just everyone is just kind of a character in themselves. And um, I think that's, you know, due to the writing and everything that you guys have done. And it's it makes it makes for a better show in the long haul, for sure. And, you know, just to add to that, I think, you know, the fact that, you know, we try to make sure the characters aren't just, like, binary, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a complete... Um, you know, it's a full spectrum of, you know, characters of all beliefs and colors and, you know, and I think it's, it, you know, it's small, it's only a baby step in the right direction, what we were doing. Um, but, you know, seeing the reaction is, you know, great. And one of the, you know, few things that were, you know, phenomenal about working on the show is that you have, you know, we luckily had a, a rooster of directors on the show, uh, which were by both male and female. Uh, we have, you know, all the animators with a pretty good split, I would say, as well, of uh, ethnicities, um, you know, 
LGBTQ plus representation in the ca- in the crew, you know, in the cast, uh, and just having that kind of like community where it's like you know you can be completely open and you know you don't have to kind of there's no kind of agenda. We just do what is right for you know the characters, for the storytelling, for the universe. Mm-hmm. Was it like incredibly liber- liberating, uh, you know, for me? And I never tried that before. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I do. I mean, even. Uh, with the animators, like the the freedom that Bilad is kind of describing as well, is that we did have a very, uh, well, I mean, Carl, I can say if I'm mistaken here, but both of us kind of have a very, very uh, free way of um, empowering the animators as well uh, in our lineup, uh, to the extent that I think we had some of them even going for some storyboards uh, just to like suggest some of their. Uh, story yeah. structures and uh, and also like Milad was saying we did have um people from all sorts and uh, places and and so it was it, it was nice to get all kinds of point of views obviously there not everything's going to be uh listened to in the sense of there is a structure in the script that is very beautifully written and done and that's our playing field but it's kind of like um using your tools basically and uh, we just we were listening to uh, all the artists as well uh like what they suggested and their suggestions were brilliant there's a lot of yeah. good things came out of that just adds like a level of richness that i mean a we don't have to rely on our <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know our limitations um and it, yeah i don't know empowering people to feel free to be creatively uh, you know, ex- explorative, so they can offer ideas. Um, and like Maru said, they're not all going to work, but the the fact that people feel comfortable always bringing that stuff up was important to us. And I mean, it, it shows, especially for us, when we see the work, when you see that little idea someone's put in, or you know, they thought of a character to a level that that you might not have thought of, or something like that. Um, that that's the stuff that keeps me coming back every day is seeing that and getting excited about this thing that someone came up with and you just kind of get to be there to either coach them, you know, can it, can we make this stronger? Can we make this stand out better or, or make it work, uh, make it read better. Um, but it was so fun just to have a crew of people that, yeah, felt to some extent that they might suggest, uh, can we add a shot here or things like that? Uh, and I think it's cool, and I think that came from from uh, the very top that Wonderstorm always wanted the show to feel like that, to have mm-hmm. uh, that everyone had ownership over it, uh, and they felt like they were a part of it. And that I remember from the very beginning meeting, you know, Vilas and meeting all the people at Wonderstorm. Um, that was very important. And I think, uh, I mean, from my perspective, I think we we had that. Yep. Yeah. Well, Aaron, you know, Aaron, the head writer, would walk around the floor, you know, on an almost like monthly basis and talk to the animators. Uh, just kind of like, you know, the animators would be so interesting, like, oh, what, what happens to, you know, Rayla? What happens to Callum? And he would be like, what do you think? <laughs> you know, and, and then, you know, they just start talking. And at some point, you know, he had to walk away <laughs> or at some point, you know, engaged in, you know, back and forth with them. And then you read the next script. And suddenly there's an idea and you were like, whoa, that came from, you know, the floor that came, you know, not, not that many came from me, unfortunately, but, you know, <laughs> but the ideas came from different places. 
and the show kind of was that since like organically written which i always again that excellent kind of ownership that the ownership of the artists all 200 people is really what you see on the screen more than you know mine or you know john carlo or aaron or you two's kind of like personal opinion right it's kind of like a it was democracy in its most <laughs> perfect setup. <laughs> Creative democracy. Yeah, yeah which is, it, like, it, never it works. like it though. I mean, even on the floor, it, it you, you could you could sense it. Like I've I've been in so many productions before, and I, I thought it was like while we were working on it, it felt like man, this is yeah. this is good yeah. because it's it's like 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 what we is saying that the thing that everyone's kind of pulling the same uh, rope. Everyone's yeah, aiming for the same goal, but uh, and everyone kind of feels like they they are listened to. I mean, it, it was a long marathon, like a sprinting marathon that you kind of run through. So uh, uh, even if, even with that, it, I think it's just amazing what all the all the crew did. Yeah. Nice. So so what is a um, a normal day of working on the Dragon Prince like for you guys? I don't know if there's a day that's the same as the one before. Um, I mean, you know, it depends who you talk to. Like animators, you know, most of their day is animating. Um, for us, it kind of depends if we're reviewing shots or, you know, problems come up. That's kind of a daily thing. If you have a dentist thing. appointment, you know. Yeah, that too. A lot of dentist appointments. Um, yeah, the problems come up on the floor, so you got to grab Vilas or maybe go to a different department and kind of, you know, see how you can solve it. Depends what the problem is. If it's, you know, an asset thing or if it's story related, then, you know, we go that way. Um, go through shots, go through notes, uh, after notes, and then you meet up with animators, talk to them, uh, depending on their level. Uh, give uh, feedback on their work, and then sometimes you even have to work yourself, do a little bit of animating. Um, but as director, yeah, we probably fixed a few more shots than we were supposed to as as our <laughs> position. But I know that 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 kind of maybe that goes back to the, the the show is like we just wanted it to be as good as it could be, and that was always my goal was like, you know, this shot only needs another ten minutes. I could. <laughs> You know, I could take this, I could do it, and then the animators can keep going. I don't have to, you know, I, I, the show was hard. Um, and so there were days where you just wanted to not stop people from what they were currently doing. Uh, but if I do that 20 times, I now have 20 shots. I need to do little fixes on that. Mm. Sometimes in a, re a review session, I realize, like, oh, I got a few there. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's where me, both me and Maru were is just like, oh, it, essentially, it's do whatever it takes to make the show as good as it can be. And also, I mean, backing up to the to the love of the the animators that they showed, it was kind of uh, Carlisle's and uh, my uh, kind of I don't know for the respect of all the work that they're putting in and their um, their love for the show, we kind of had to give it our best as well so yeah yeah it just fed everybody's yeah. like hunger to make the show uh what it could be that that was the thing with you know you could see it you could see in the in the writing in the designs you could see how good it was you didn't have to find it you just had to make sure what you were doing and you're part of the line um that you were doing it as best as you could and 
giving the justice that this show um, felt like it needed to, to, you know, hit what we wanted to. Um, that's what I always felt on the show. I was never trying, you know, like, it was always great when, like, reading the scripts. I remember reading uh, the, la- the season two script. You could bring that home and, you know, see what happened with, like, Ezra and going and, like, oh, man, like, that was, it was so fun to read those scripts. And then I try to remember, you know, it takes many months doing animation on episodes. It's easy to become distant to, you know, that, to the experience of it. So I always try to remember what it was like reading the scripts and like, that's what people are gonna have when they watch what we've done and what lighting's done and what everyone down the line has done. And so trying to hang on to that, because it's yeah, like I said, many months later, by the time you're finished and you you know you've watched shots tons of times, and they become a little um, you know repetitive in that sense. Uh, so I try to hang on to that uh, that feeling I got or that excitement of realizing oh, Ezrin's going home. Like what? I didn't see that coming. But yeah. Um, so, so you mentioned, um, uh, you know, the Ezrin coming home, like, was there a specific scene or like series of scenes that you guys, um, really enjoyed working on? <laughs> There's so many. I, I mean, for us, like we, me and Maru, uh, season one and two, we pretty much did every second episode. Um, so essentially half the season we got, we, it was either under one of our, um, you know, review, and then season two, season three, um, one of our leads was moved up to be an uh, animation director, so he took over two of the episodes. Shout um, out to Kevin Kyle. Yeah, it's Kevin Kyle. Just to give him a little shout out there. Um, I don't know. There's so many. The show has been cool for how many scenes, and you don't always think they're going to be ones that stick with you, but when you're doing them, and when the animator, you know, kind of finds finds the core of the scene or find, finds what really works, um, it becomes a scene you're like, oh, wow, like, I got to show people this one. This one was cool. Um, there's a lot of them, though. I mean, yeah. Or, like, or there's or action or stuff that's fun. I mean, you know, I, I see some turtles. So I've, I've done action a lot. But the emotional stuff, I think, was stuff that I remember more on this show. Um, yeah. Don't, don't cry, Kalal. <laughs> what about, what about uh, this one's uh, monologue the, in season three when he puts on the crown at the very end after you know kicking cases out of the throne room i don't know I've, i always feel that was like one of the strongest ending to an episode we had in this oh show. yeah uh the, uh the one where uh he's like i'm not going to be like my father and everything like that 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 yeah. Nice, yeah that's a good scene because it ties into like the overall theme of the whole show of kind of you know you, you know the destiny uh, and all that, you know, don't live your parents, you know, let mistakes kind of guide you, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think it was just, it was at a time where, you know, the animation machine was so well oiled. Everybody was doing, you know, top job. Uh, we all kind of knew what we were do- doing at that point, <laughs> Two se- three seasons in. Oh, but yeah, you know, I think that's fair to say that everybody, you know, we were all a bit of on, the, on a journey uh, on the show. It was like, you know, Wonderstone's brand new company. A lot of like senior people there. You know, John Carlos. John Carlos' supervision was you know so important to all of us. And you know, he's done a million shows. But at the same time, you know, w- you know, we had never worked together. None of us, Badell and Wonderstone, and we were a brand new team of two hundred people that had to figure out how to work together. 
so of course you know there's you know it's very exciting and each day and just to tap back to the previous question i think each day is just different like this <laughs> this new challenge every day and you think you you know ah oh, now i know everything about how to do dragon prince and then you know you read the next page of the script and be like oh holy how are we going to do that part you know you know, ten dragons flying over, ten thousand people crashing into each other with magic and explosions. It's like holy. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, now that Vilas is saying that, I mean that that's that's kind of the story of the animation as well. I mean, it is like yeah. the whole style of uh, of the animation. If we haven't touched on that. It was it was finding and fine tuning it, uh, uh, which was it, it was it was a yeah, a long trip, uh, a long adventure that we got into. I mean, we had this vision that we're going to mix uh, the anime with good taste to a 3D look and, and kind of, uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a long marathon. And I, and I do think that season three is where it kind of clicked. I, I, I remember Carlisle working on 301 on the Dragon talking and I saw that the first time I was like man we're actually getting it so it was, it was which was good because that's kind of for me it was always when I saw something like that I kind of like all right I gotta up my game to the next episode so I, I thought it was good in that, that sense like season two was already it was organically going into season three in the style and then we kind of even started reworking some of the animation in the sense of just Really diving into the um, into the smoothness of uh, of two uh, D aesthetic animation, uh, which we stayed true to to the end, I think, which is a good thing. Um, and that was kind of the goal always. But it's like Vilad said, it's it, it's a new team. Um, you got to roll the punches for a while, kind of land on knowing what you're capable of, and then yeah, that was it. And then season three came and. That's kind of, yeah, waiting for possibilities of maybe one of these days doing it on a different show or anything. So we'll see where this grows to. Um, how <laughs> happy are you guys with the uh, with that animation transition from, like, season one to season three and um, hopefully, um, you know, season four and beyond? Uh, I mean, like, season three is definitely, if we could make if we could make all the seasons, you know, as polished as that, uh, we, we might have, <laughs> I mean, like time and like, I don't know if anyone out there has started a new show before it is anything but ready to go when you start doing it. Um, and then there's also, you figure out the characters and season one was all about who are these people. And then the one of the other goal was trying to make it. So when the show starts, it feels like these people have been living for years, months before the show started. Um, so that was quite a big wrapping our brains around that and trying to make sure that that we kind of started the show off, that it had depth, that it had, you know, it felt like there was subtext to what people were doing. Um, and then teaching a whole, you know, a crew of 50 animators how to do this style. So I, I think season one for me, even when I watch it and sure, I. I would have notes on in-betweens and polish and things like that. But I think the choices that we did were successful. And I think the, you know, the, for, for what we added to the show, what animation did, um, 
I think what was successful, the fans connected with it, connected with the characters, they connected with, they felt like people, um, their, you know, their um, acting and things like that felt sincere to who they are. And there, there's depth there. I think the thing we just didn't have was the polish. And I mean, that was our goal anyway. Um, I know some people might not agree with me when I say, I, I think audiences, res like when they resonate with something, how well it's done is less important. And so our goal on this show was let's start with making this resonate with people and then we'll polish and try to get that as good as we can. And so, and then as we got better at it, we were able to polish more and the artists kind of got stronger at the style. Um, and then seeing the fan feedback, you know, it kind of, it, it gave us some, some outside feedback. It's like, okay, what's, what's working, what's not working and going from there. But I think our choices in season one, I think are still as strong as our choices in season three. Sure. It's just the polish, our familiarity with the style just got so much stronger. And this is before Spider-Verse as well, so <laughs> season one, uh, it was kind you, of like, You're the uh, original chubby animation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are the original ones, but the, at, at the same time, though, if you would have thrown this into the mix of animes, uh, I think it wouldn't have gotten that much of a, of a word on the chubby, but uh, for me, the payback was I was, I was looking at some... My uh, hobbies every now and then is going through the fan uh, uh, just chats and whatnot, just to read what what they. That's uh, a dangerous like. game, oh. my friend. <laughs> I know, I know, but I kind of, I, I, I never have any opinions to it. I, 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 I'm in my third person when I do that. I don't really. I mean, it, it doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm a finished dry person, which can kind of take any kind of punches and roll with it. But the, the, the good thing was there was a, there was a note um, on Rayla on season one when she looks at uh, Ezran and Ezran looks back. And this is the moment where Ezran kind of figures, yeah, I'm going to trust this elf that I just met and I'm going to run with her. And the fan had written that that's kind of, that's where he or she fell in love with Rayla and there was a picture of it and I do not remember which is a minor year episode but I just I just remember that both of us looked at that particular um, key pose and expression and it's funny how all of that work of just thinking and losing your uh, night's sleep for uh, kind of I want to I sell this expression it, it needs to be uh, authentic and it needs to be genuine it needs to be a, a beautiful moment and there was at least one fan who was really happy with that and I, and I think that kind of describes the animation season one as well all the like the the all the structures are there but like what Carla was saying the polish wasn't so I agree <laughs> um, where do you guys feel that the animation industry is heading that's a, it's a deep question that I got from one of my artist friends. They were like, oh, you're going to be doing this. Let's ask them this question. So <laughs> this one's for Gavin. So <laughs> Thanks, Gavin. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like, maybe, I mean, this is just, like, my, our perspective. It's pretty, like, you know, finite point on the industry that is worldwide. 
I mean, like, what's exciting, I think, about currently is the variety of animation that is get it, is be, becoming ex- more uh, in the mainstream, um, and the exploration of animation is more accepted, uh, is getting more accepted. I think that kind of part of that goes back to Maru's point of, you know, if the the feedback of people watching the show in the East might have been less focused on the choppy animation. That was one thing is even in our training week, we kind of pointed out like our Western animation typically relates good animation is smooth animation. And, and you look at more in the East, that's not really part of the, uh, you know, that's not really correlated. Smooth doesn't equal strong. It's, it's not uh, in that, I don't know if it's in the culture or just in uh, what people are exposed to and kind of used to. Just that part of the world, the smooth animation wasn't isn't kind of equated with uh, that equal strong animation. And so that, I think that's part of you know uh, yeah what Maru was saying about um, how people are connecting with it and what what stands out to them. I mean, in the West, you know, the, especially video games, all of that is kind of making people more. Um, expected of smooth animation that equals it's good um, but uh, but it seems now yeah like like animation is kind of getting getting to be uh, a bigger you know variety of things people are doing um, people are accepting that stuff more more interested in it and so that's really cool um, yeah I don't know about I mean it seems like features are kind of going there the way they have been. You get stuff like Spider-Verse that kind of throws a rock in the pond, and, and that's really exciting. I'm curious to see if that, you know, if that kind of um, experimentation has, has legs for the future, and it's a pretty big thing to experiment with. I think that's maybe why you see it a bit more on the small screen, is, is it's the risk isn't as, uh, maybe it's not as big. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately it's what the audience um, accepts and is kind of interested in. And so the small screen might start to help make people more open to seeing stuff on the big screen that's more experimentation and uh, not quite in the norm of your typical features and stuff like that. So to simplify that answer, I'd say I think it's exciting where it's going. I got one word for that. <laughs> We're living in the renaissance of animation. <laughs> <laughs> And well, you see, uh, Klaus, Klaus came out on Netflix, right? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, just to kind of like, you know, because Netflix were, you know, a great partner in creating the Dragon Prince. I think it's worth mentioning, you know, they, they you know, they had very few notes and were kind of like easy to work with and allowed us to, to make the show the, that we wanted to make and that Waterstone wanted to make. But I think Netflix has also kind of opened up, um, you know, to the animation again with, with Klaus and, you know, or, you know, it's a very incredibly polished shaded 2D. Uh, yeah, that, that was one of the things I was at. Um, I was at, shoot, I, I don't remember. I, I was at, I think it was the Lightbox Expo. It was a big artist thing. And they had a thing for Klaus. And they were showing me, like, they were showing everybody, okay, yeah, it's like, this is a 2D film. Here's what the 2D looks like. And then, like, and this is the special shader that lighting sh- thing we created. And they f- put that on there, and it completely changes the entire film. I, yeah, I think uh, unfortunately, like, because uh, you know, as a, like also kind of producing a TV shows on the side, you know, what I see is like 
a lot a lot of people you know when you go and do like focus group testing with animation and you ask the kids you know which one do you prefer from like a pure kind of visual appeal standpoint they very rarely pick kind of traditional 2d they always pick the glossy 3d looking show um and i think the problem with that is that then all the film executives uh look at that as in 2d is dead so to kind of like i think what Klaus did is like well we have to make something that is equally visually appealing as 3d you know from a kind of like boring <laughs> black and white kind of testing perspective and adding that kind of shading is definitely you know for, to the untrained eye you know it, it looks better I think for us in the industry, I would personally prefer maybe a, <laughs> a more flat 2D where you can actually, you know, you can read the lines and you can, it's almost too polished clouds, but I, I totally get why they're doing it and it looks beautiful. It is kind of like it's the, the polish is almost raising the question because there's, there's always been the 3D that wants to look like 2D. Uh, thing for not always, but for the past 20, 30 years that I've, I've kind of been uh, on animation. And now it's kind of that's throwing uh, a curveball in the other way around. Like, here's uh, 2D that looks like 3D. So it's kind of like, what are we looking at? But I, I, I think it's it's like the, these times with Netflix, what Vilad said, and uh, it's, it's, it's kind of in the place where the movies, like what Carla was saying, the movies are going their own way, like Pixar, Disney, that, that kind of, it's it's the perfect uh, uh, animation kind of like in, in detail wise, uh, all the smoothing and all the curves are perfect. and The fabrics, the detail. Yeah, everything's just so detailed and so good. So there's no competition there, but with Netflix and uh, movies like Klaus and uh, and what was the next gen or whatever came a while back. And then uh, uh, series like Dragon Prince are coming out and it's kind of hitting that midsection uh, that we haven't had that much. Um, that's why I really enjoy working in an environment where kind of the future is a little bit unknown. You can, you can actually start thinking about having these mid-budget features that you can actually you, you have an audience, which is very close to already the fully rendered Pixar and Disney's, but it's it's not quite there. The polish is not there, but uh, to most of the audience, it's if the story's right, I, I, I think it's kind of turning to the side where people are realizing that, hey, maybe that's something we can do. Uh, and also with with series like Dragon Prince, you get into the story a lot deeper mm -hmm. and that's what i love about where we are in animation now that it's again you're in these projects where you really focus on the the story and the arc arcs of the characters um, their emotions it's all about emotions rather than just motion anymore uh, and, and i love that and, I, and i'm really happy that we're living this time in animation exciting <laughs> Um, and, uh, so kind of, kind of our last, like, rural question here, um, is there a story or, like, an IP out there that you guys are, like, really, really wanting to work on, 
Like, uh, I'll, I'll even make it, like, if you can redo anything that you, like, we're going to give you, you know, carte blanche to do whatever you want. You can, you can remake something, you can work on something that's never been done before. Is there a story or anything out there that you, you would be really interested in working on? <laughs> well, yeah, season four. <laughs> yeah. That's the best answer. And five and six and seven. Yeah, contractually obligated to say Dragon Prince season four. <laughs> yeah, can yeah. I pitch my own movie here? <laughs> as long yeah. as I think yeah. it has a dragon in it, I think you can pitch it. I think for legal reasons. <laughs> no, there's uh, there's that. Uh, obviously, I mean, I'm I'm half joking with. Uh, I I love to work with Elads and Wonderstorm and Netflix. One of these days, never know. Uh, maybe the. Animation gods will throw a curve for us one day, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we're working on another show with Kala now that I'm really happy with, uh, in the sense that it has, uh, it's very much to the story uh, and, and what I was saying about where animation is going to now. I mean, I, I, I do really love focusing on the uh, emotional side of. Uh, of real stories in animation, it doesn't have to be. Uh, I, I think it's 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 for me. It's a backlash of working on numerous um, preschool shows that were more uh, in tune with the uh, with the eighties thought of animation or the nineties or whatever you want to call it, like the polished uh, preschool animation that kids are gonna love, made by by uh, adults thinking that this is what what they're gonna like and it's less about this is what we want to do and the audience is gonna see that and they're gonna love it because of that that's that's kind of yeah that's where i'm at now yeah like kind of to mirror that like and there's ips sure that would be fun dragon prince was really cool because it wasn't an ip that was known i mean that was daunting too and that was kind of and even you know we were hiring people that was one of Vila's elevator pitches it's like we don't have luke skywalker to sell this show <laughs> we got to make this show sell itself we got to make these characters uh breathe and live and and kind of you know give give people opportunity to resonate with them so like that i mean i don't i can't say for certain whether i'll be able to get a chance to do that again a work on an ip that's not known and you know it gets to the point that it connects with people uh, I would love to say I want to do that again, but I think that's pretty, I might be spoiled in that sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to keep working on shows where it's character, character focused, um, that's story driven, which is even kind of rare to say too. Um, in, in town, I mean, you know, there's quite a lot of preschool shows, things like that. Nothing wrong with those shows. And there's a lot of great animators working on them. Uh, I've just been spoiled in getting to think about story in a different way and uh, get to focus on that. But I mean, IP-wise, if the gods are out there, Le Legend of Zelda might be uh, Ooh, you that. You can get me into that pretty easily. <laughs> nice, um, guys. Thank, thank you all so much for coming on. Thank you. It was fun. Oh, no problem. Um, now, where can, um, if uh, anybody listening wants to follow you social media wise, kind of keep up with you, um, where can they do that? Uh, I'm on Instagram, C underscore Willie is me. And then I'm on Twitter as well. Um, that's probably about it. Yeah, if you want to work with me, just like a, 
<laughs> Maru, man, for you, you have to get like a, you know, an actual, you know, you know, some kind of live animal and you, you, you whisper some secret, you know, <laughs> Arabic thing into the ear and it runs off and you will get the mail at some point. Yeah, my, my Arabic is so rusty, but I better put it in Finnish, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, I'm like, uh, it's just the Villas on Instagram. There's not that many of us. Um, so you'll probably find me. Nice. Um, and and no, no Twitter, man. Twitter is just, Twitter is too much work. Uh, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. I'll you be on Facebook. Twitter, you know, <laughs> Facebook or, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. And we'll put, we'll put all of those, uh, we'll put those links in the show notes, uh, except for Maru's you'll have to find, I, I don't know. You'll have to like yeah. <laughs> read an ancient tome or something, how to, how to get with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Oh, and, um, Thank you so much, man. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast. All of our episodes are available iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Again, Carlisle, Maru, Villas, uh, Villas. My goodness. Villas. <laughs> It was going so well. It was going so well. And then at the end, he messed it up. It's like the story of my life. Um, (laughs) You got to read it. We're going to read it the whole thing. Yeah, we're just going to have to. Sorry, guys. So we'll go ahead and do a clap sync, and we'll just start the whole entire thing over. Uh, (laughs) But no, guys, thank you so much for coming on. And we can't wait for to see what's going to happen in season four and beyond. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Josh. That was nice. Yeah, thank you. No problem. So for the Animation Station Podcast, I'm Josh. I'm Carlisle. I'm Carlisle. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Moi kaikille suomalaisille kuulijoille. Toivottavasti näytitte Dragon Princesstä. Se on ollut loistava ohjelma. Ja me rakastetaan kaikkia teitä. Kiitos. Yeah, what he said. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So, uh, so how is everybody doing? So, uh, Carlisle and Maru, how how are you guys doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, me too. Great. Uh, Made the lunch for the kids. Sent them to school. Uh, Back to work. I was at the dentist this morning, so (laughs) ready for the shit. Like you guys need to come back. Yeah, Velocity, he already had his day. He's done. He's ready to go. Like he's like, I gotta I gotta do this, dinner, and then I'm done. Pretty much, well, I already had dinner, so Oh see, he's already a, one step ahead, guys. But you know, animation is a it's a tough industry. We're always working. <laughs> but apparently not Kala Maru. <laughs> What's that? To be fair, their you day's just starting, so <laughs> they, they got a little bit of time. Yeah, it's our, it's our morning shift. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was dreaming animation already, so <laughs> I got a good 10 hours in me. <laughs> oh, you, you can bank that. That's fair enough. You can, uh, <laughs> you're done, Maru. I guess you should. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my OT now. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay, so let's go ahead and kind of get this started. So let's see. This will be episode one. Nine two, okay. Be lost to start off with the intro song. Uh, yeah, the intro. It it. 
I pipe that in during like uh, during the editing right. process. So unfortunately, I don't have an intro song. Like well, we can sing it. Go. Yeah, we can <laughs> sing a song. Um, everybody sing the oh jeez, the Dragon Prince song. Yeah. <laughs> Dragon Prince is a show. <laughs> Can we do a how did no? Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you can get the harmony straight first, guys. You know, I think we a little off. off yeah, track. you might need to adjust the pitch. <laughs> Excuse me. We can do that in post. It's all good. Oh, great. 